Welcome back to the Snowmobile Podcast. This is your host, Cordovan. Today's episode is with the legendary mechanic, Bob Work. Bob was a mechanic for uh, uh, many snowmobile racers, um, motocross racers, and of course, his work with Steve Baker and, um, and uh, Yvonne de Hommel on the uh, road racing uh, scene. Uh, he's definitely well-traveled, uh, a lot of stories. But uh, he gave us a few of them uh, in uh, in this episode, and uh, and it was it was great talking to uh, Bob. Met him in the in the eighties at uh, when he was uh, mechanic for uh, for Larry Omens on the uh, snowmobile racing circuit. And uh, remember, you can listen to all the other podcasts, uh, snowmobile uh, of legendary racers, uh, um, mechanics, uh, products uh, on uh, on on Facebook. Just search snowmobiling podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram too. Just search. Snowmobiling Podcast. You can find us. A lot of episodes on there. And uh, catch up with all these uh, old legendary uh, racers. Yvonne DeHommel, uh, Bob Eastman, uh, Jim Dimmermans, uh, Franz Rosenquist, many, many, many more. To check them all out, there's uh, there's over 50 episodes on there. So here we are. Here's Bob Work. Okay, we have uh, tracked down the elusive uh, Bob Work uh, mechanic for uh, many uh, uh, snowmobile racers and uh, and um, motorcycle racers. Um, so that's it, Bob. Welcome to the show. And uh, it's it's it was a little bit of a challenge finding you. Um, I guess you're enjoying the uh, the good life now out out west, and uh, I can appreciate that. Um, so where where are you now? I'm in uh, 100 Mile House, British Columbia. It's up where all the fires were for the last two months. But anyway, we survived, and uh, things are going good now. Most of them are completely out. Some of them are still burning a little bit, but other than that, I still love a hundred mile house. Nice. What is it? What is it? Is is it like a resort community up there, or uh, where's it close no, to? No, it's, it's it's a small town. It's on the way to the Alaska. Uh huh. It's on Highway 97, uh, north out of uh, Vancouver, of course. Right. And uh, and what are you doing up there now? I'm uh, I'm retired, uh, kind of. Uh, I still help uh, three young fellows from here in motocross and in cross country racing, and in the winter time we do ice racing. Okay. Like what kind of ice? What, what, oh, oh, motorcycle ice racing. Okay. On uh, yeah. um, is is it pretty? Is it pretty uh, organized up there? You got a good circuit. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, very good circuit. Yeah, yeah. It's. In fact, it's organized by a gentleman that used to race for me as a schoolboy when I worked for Yamaha in the 60s. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay, um, so how many, how many years were you a mechanic, and, and actually how did you get your start? Well, I started probably in the 50s uh, riding a motorcycle on the street, and uh, then I found out that it if I took this apart and that apart, I could put it back together properly and it would run again. So with new parts or used parts. And uh, then I got into cars after after motorcycles and cars were a little more of a challenge, but I uh, got into them and I drag raced cars and and also motorcycles at the same, same time, same era. But I was always mechanically inclined and uh, other than that, then uh, the opportunity to come to go to work for Pacific Seaboard. In them days, it was called. It was Yamaha Motorcycles. So I uh, applied for the job. Well, actually, they got a hold of me. Uh, 
one, he went to Japan with his dad not, not liking it because of the English stuff that they brought in. They brought in all the Leyland cars and motorcycles, Triumph and yeah. PSAs. And, and so he thought he, he should go to Hawaii or to England. But he went to Japan, Trevor did, and found this thing called Honda Motorcycles. Went and talked to them at the factory in, in Japan. And at that time, he could only get BC and Alberta as a distributorship. So he took it. Really? And when he yeah. came back late in 61, he got a hold of uh, Don Solom, who was a good friend of his, and asked him if he'd like to go to Japan. He'd pay his way and all that kind of stuff and pick up Yamaha. And that particular time, Don went to Japan and picked up Yamaha for all of Canada. So he, I was the first one that I got, got hired there. And then Jim Allagott was the parts manager and Slim Magnuson, as I said earlier, was uh, our finance person. I started off as service manager for Canada for Pacific Seaboard, Yamaha Products. And uh, after that, uh, Trevor told the Honda distributor for BD in Alberta to Clark Simpkin uh, Automotive Company here in town in Vancouver, and he'd come on as being boss at uh, Yamaha, Fred Trilly Motorcycle, I should say. And uh, then at that time, Don Solom was sent to Ontario to look after the Ontario office, and he didn't like it too much there, so he uh, ended up working for a dealership there. And then after that, Trevor took over as Trevi Motorcycle, I should say. I said this already. Sorry about this. And anyway, so I stayed on with uh, being a service manager and also race team manager. And then I got into the R&D of, uh, of snowmobiles. And I think it was in 1966, no, it would be 64, we went to Ottawa, Don Solom, myself, and we visited one of our dealers there, Ottawa Motorsports, which was the motorcycle dealer, and he was also a Bombardier dealer, Skidoo. And we talked, and uh, he said, well, you guys, have you guys ever tried a snowmobile? We said, no. So he says, well, we'll go up in the mountains. And I looked at Don Solom, and I said, mountains, aren't we in Ottawa? <laughs> Just, just a little joke. So, anyway, we his mechanic loaded up one in the back of the pickup and two on the trailer, and we took off. And it was really exciting because I wore this snowmobile suit that I've never had one on before. Zippered up from one leg up across your chest and up. We get up there and there's no snowmobiles on the trailer, so we turned around, went back down. There they were, just sitting there. The mechanic forgot to tie them down. So, <laughs> Making short is that uh, we ended up buying those two snowmobiles. There were Skidoo single cylinders. I think they were called Olympics. Or Olympics, yeah. yeah. Elans in them days. But anyway, we sent them to, to Japan in 64, 65. And then Yamaha thought that was a good idea to start making snowmobiles. And so they made this first snowmobile. They only made three of them. One was to be tested in Japan.
Really? <laughs> two, two headlights, really ahead of its time. It reminded me of the Edso car <laughs> ahead of its time. But anyway, uh, they ended up changing the, the styles of it and everything, which we wanted it done. And uh, they ended up in first production was in 68 of SL350. And it went over really, really well. Of course, we, we already told us that Yamaha was going to start making them. And uh, we sold, I think, hundred uh, the first year of Canada. And then the next year, they brought out a 1969 SL351, which basically looked the same. But you could also buy what they call a git kit. And this was a racing kit to come with expansion chambers, different carburetors, different head cylinders, and all that to give more horsepower. And that's how Yamaha got into racing, even. Really? So, yeah. So, and, and, and that was with that was with Fred De- that, that, and, and, and that was with Fred Dealey, right? No, that was with, yes, Trev Dealey. Trev Dealey, Trev Dealey, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, so uh, did you? So did you start racing the, 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 this, these new Yamahas at, at, at any time soon, or uh, or were you just uh, still involved with RD? The, the SL351. Uh, different people wrote them. In fact, Yvonne de Hamel even wrote one. And uh, and then we had the riders here in, in BC. We had Don Nordstrom who rode out of Hundred Mile House where I live right now. Uh, with Peel's Caribou Sports. And then we found this gentleman, Roy Wall, and he ended up riding our factory snowmobiles after that. That was in 70. Right. And in Alberta, we, we sponsored Bob Hogg out of Walkie Motorcycles and Dave Kemp, uh, Richard Chevalier Company. Uh, they called their snowmobile Spirit of America. I mean, Spirit of Edmonton. And in Manitoba, we got Paul Germain, who had Wildwood Sports. Right. He's yeah. still racing to this day. Motorcycles. For us, of course, for me. Now, sure, we had Bob Hogg. And in back we had, of course, I said earlier, even ML and uh, Charles Greff from Greff Motorsports in Shikutsumi. And uh, on our factory sleds in BC, we had Roy Wall. He raced the 292, a 340, a 440, and 650 for us. Other riders we had for two years, we had our factory snowmobiles, which was the GPX water cooled, uh, a 340 and 440. Larry Omens from the United States and Roy Wall. We went across Canada to all the championship races. Yeah. Did, did Steve? Did Steve? Did Steve race snowmobiles too? Yes, he did. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, huh? For one year, yeah, he traveled across Canada. <laughs> we're, we're in a, a Ford uh, uh, tilt cab, big big box on the back with a tailgate, power tailgate. Yeah. And we were, I rent a car most of the places that we went to because it was too crowded in the front of that cab. It was only supposed to be for two people. I think sometimes we had four 
It was all about getting there <laughs> back then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you. Yeah, so so over the years, I mean, your your career spanned in in quite a, a, a um, an era of snowmobiles. Um, you you went from uh, air cooled motors to uh, to liquid cooled motors. Um, the suspension you went you went from leaf spring to IFS, and and sus- and suspensions were were starting to uh, to get better too. All with the the rear, the rear suspensions. Uh, uh, did did you have much to do with any kind of development of of, of like any of those uh, engines? Um, uh, in snow, in snowmobiles to start with. I mean, uh, we wanted water cool, but we sold the GPXs as air cools in them years. But we had water cooled for for the factory racing, and uh, the independent suspension that Yamaha come out with. I was flying from uh, Tokyo to Hokkaido, and we landed and we got off this airplane. We had to walk outside. Hokkaido is where we tested snowmobiles, the northern part of Hokkaido, on, by the Bering Sea. Yeah. And uh, we ended up, one of the Japanese gentlemen said, Oh, Bob-san, I think we should have suspension like an airplane on the front wheels. Or, uh, of course, they also had that on with skis, too. Yeah. Just a one shock absorber. And we ended up putting one on each side of the snowmobile, and that's that was the first independent suspension around. Was Yamaha had that? Yeah, the TSS. Yes, TSS. So and so anyway, I, I just kind of laughed at it. But the next year, when I went to Hokkaido again, there it was. We ended up. Uh, we called it the SR5. Yeah. Yeah, it was a uh, fan cooled. 540 cc, and, and uh, it was uh, actually a very, very good for cross country race. We had some problems with it, but for trail riding, it was excellent. Yeah, uh, so that was in, that was in '81. They came out with those, uh, but uh, early, earlier than that, they had the they had the uh, independent uh, uh, factory race leads, the oval race leads. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did, so, uh, did, did were, were you? Were you involved? Were you involved with the, any of that? Like the SSR um, it was. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, the SSR and the, and the SRX later uh, earlier before that. Yeah. I was involved in like we snowmobile race right across Canada every year, except we didn't do it with the 350 and the 351. We just gave it to dealers to experiment with. Yeah. So the, uh, the 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 development of the of the SSR, I mean that that was uh, Yamaha's probably still currently on, only really race uh, uh, sled that was that was ever available to the public, um, yeah. and, and and probably one of the nicest pieces of work that that uh, you, you, you know, I mean a factory could ever put out to the consumer. Um, and and uh, speaking of, speaking of uh, the the SR five. Um, my, my introduction phone call to you, uh, I, I mentioned to you that uh, I was racing an SR5, SRV, uh, we, we call them, uh, at, at Peterborough in Kawartha Cup, uh, and that would have been, that would have been in um, 82, um, and that's when I first seen you. I didn't really get an introduction to you, but I was racing on the, I was racing on the ovals that day, and you were there. Uh, with a Yamaha in Yamaha uh, uh, jacket, I remember. I remember your jacket. It was black and red jacket. And I I think you were there with Kenninger. Um But yeah. 
I I was struggling with speed that day on on the half mile oval, and uh, my I was my, my 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 sled was handling really good, um, and then I, I I was I was walking away from my sled, and and you came up to me and said, "Do you mind if I have a look at it?" I don't know if you remember all this. My maybe my memory's better, but. <laughs> Yeah, so much. Yeah, but uh, I tried to help everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but whatever you did. A chance to thank you, but I, I walked away from my sled, and you and you and, and I said, "Yeah, go ahead, have a look." Well, when I came when I came back, I didn't. You were gone, and I didn't actually get to see what you actually did. Um, but but uh, to, to to sum up the story, clutching. clutching I, it was definitely something to do with the clutching because uh, um, I, I definitely had more speed in, in the in the corners. And I, I and I, yeah. yeah. Well, the, we, we had, to, had to leave right at the same time when they opened up in the Venturi. Yeah, yeah. They had to, you know, be perfect. But, uh, and if they were off a little bit at top speed, you'd lose it because one cylinder was working too hard. Yeah, but uh, yeah, um, um, whatever you did, uh, I, I ended up podiuming them against uh, Gerard Carpick and and, t- and Tim Bender. So that was my best uh, finish ever. And uh, so thanks, thank, thanks, forty years later for uh, for being my mechanic for. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, that was awesome. I, you know, it's, it kind of surprised me that I was uh, I was up there with those guys, uh, you know, in, in in that race, and we put a lot of Polaris's on the trailer that weekend. So, <laughs> so thanks a lot. So anyway, let's get back. To, let's get back to you. So, um, 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 you mentioned all all the racers that uh, the snowbill racers uh, that that you, uh, you you tuned for. Um, yeah. What, what was the what was the biggest challenge uh, in, in in say the seventies? I mean, with the seventies, you had the we had the snow pro uh, circuit. Uh, uh, what was the biggest? What was the biggest struggle? And 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 um, for 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 Yamaha and and your riders, I guess the riders uh, Roy Wall and uh, and um, Larry Omens. Yeah. We never really had a full snow pro racer like the Americans did. Yeah. Uh, they didn't think it was worthwhile because there was only the I think two races in Canada. One yeah. Was in Sudbury, and I think the other one was in Corsa. Uh, Corsa Cup. Corsa Cup. Yeah, Corsa Cup. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it wasn't feasible for us to have one of those machines, so that's when we had... The engines were pretty close. Yeah. But the the weight and the suspension was totally different, and that's when when uh, uh, Yamaha had the... Uh, oh, what's their name? The brothers. Uh... Ooh, the brothers, the brothers, the brothers, the brothers, the brothers. Um, one, uh, one of them won, uh, won the big race in the United States. Uh, uh, what year are we talking? Uh, it would be 70, maybe 77. Bender, Bender. No, no, it wasn't him then. Uh, I want to say kid, my kid, but it was Mike, Mike, Mike. Oh, boy. Oh, well, people are going to listen to this. People are going to listen to this, and they're going to be banging on their computers, saying, "And then they're going to know about. It. They're going to know who we're talking about." So, <laughs> so, um, uh, so um, it'll it'll probably come back to you. Um, so, I, I'm I'm curious. 
how did Steve Baker do? I mean, he he, he was one one of the top road racers, uh, uh, you know, in in the in the in the world. And uh, uh, I was, yeah. was you know a big I was a big fan of him when he was road racing. And uh, I, I, how did how did he how did he do on a snowmobile? But one of his problems were, and it's not his problem. It's just he had glasses. Yeah, big big ones, big thick ones. Yeah, big thick ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, no, he he caught on to it real well. And uh, then he, he just, you know, he said to me, he says, he says, we're road racing every weekend or dirt tracking or something like that every weekend all through the summer. And then I got to do this in the wintertime. He says, that's when I'd like to have some rest. He says, I enjoyed it. You know, he had a lot of fun and, and uh, he learned a lot of different things too. But none of it went to motorcycling. Yeah. Motorcycling helped Yvonne in snowmobiling and and snowmobiling helped Yvonne in road racing more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. So and and uh, and Steve was uh, was a native of, of uh, Seattle at the time. He was uh, he was an American uh, racing on uh, a Canadian, really for young. Yeah. yeah, and uh, he was he was always a Yamaha Canada. He was a Yamaha Canada rider. I picked, I picked him up as as a kid actually. Really? Yeah. And we gave him machinery to, to ride like dirt tracking and that and then like his first road race was at Westwood and he'd never been on a road racer at all and he went out and won his class really you know, yeah he, yeah he was a natural for motorcycles yeah um, okay, so we're on the motorcycle topic. Let, let, let's talk a little bit about, about motorcycles. So you, uh, you you were a mechanic for Steve Baker for a number of years, um, and 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 Yvonne. Um, what about Kenny Roberts? Did you ever did you ever mechanic for him? No, no, I never did. I, I mean, I, I worked for Yamaha, and I could have, you know, I had a chance to go to Europe in 1974 to work with Phil Reed. Uh-huh. But uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't want to leave Canada, yeah. and it was kind of a, a funny deal anyway. You know, I'd have to leave Yamaha, and I liked working for Yamaha, even though I'd be working for the factory in in, in Amsterdam. Uh, it would just, it wasn't my bag at them times, you know, living out of a little trailer and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So in 77, when we went there, we knew what we were getting into. It was hotels and good meals and and good equipment and we actually went over to the match races two years in a row and Stevie did real well in them yeah. he even beat Kenny in the last one and then when in 1977 we did the full circuit in seven, uh, well we went to Venezuela with our 250 and our 500 for the world championship after winning Daytona 250 and 750 in, seven, in 1977 we went to Venezuela Japanese didn't want us to ride the 250, so we shifted to Holland anyway, and then we did some modifications because over there you needed bigger gas tanks because there were longer races. Yeah, and we did. We raced it in Imola, Italy, and he was leading it until he ran out of gas. <laughs> and he didn't run completely out, but he came in the pits, and someone just gave him some gas, and away he went out. And I think he got third in that year. But the Japanese didn't want us to concentrate on that. They wanted us to concentrate on the 500 and 750. Yeah. So we parked it in the race shop in, in Amsterdam and and uh, shipped it back home when we come home. 
And so you, it was one of our, it was a Kenny Roberts frame, and Kenny's bike weighed two hundred and two pounds. Our bike weighed one ninety eight. <laughs> So there was quite a rivalry between Steve and, and, and Kenny back then. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was a friend thing. I mean, after the races, you know, we'd all sit around and have a beer or whatever. And But in, at actual racing, uh, I always remember the time we had spoke wheels at Laguna Seca and Kenny had mag wheels. And we, we were sponsored by Denlop Tires. And Stevie would just ride the that thing as fast as it would go and, and win. We won a lot of the 250 races and we won some 750 races that year. And we're at Laguna Seca and Kenny says, is there any chance I could try some Dunlop tires? And so I asked the Dunlop guys in them days and they said, sure, you know, we'll give them a set. So they gave him a set and he went out to practice and, and uh, he just, he couldn't believe me. He says, I don't know how you, you ride on these things. <laughs> really? With the mag wheel versus a spoke wheel. Yeah. And the spoke wheels gave more. You know, they, they would go into a corner and they'd actually, you know, I mean, you can't see it with your, with your eye or anything, but they'd actually twist a little bit. Yeah. But on a mag wheel, that tire did not work. And we, we learned that the next year when we went to mag wheels. But Dunlop made us some good tires, those softer tires, and they stuck. Right? Yeah, really interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, more more road racing. Yvonne, you uh, you you were a mechanic for Yvonne for a number of years. Uh, what what years did? Yeah, what, I think it was three years. Or yeah, yeah. The first trip to Daytona, I I can't recall the year. I'm sorry about that. I thought of it for the last since we you and me were talking. But anyway, it was the first year. It was only the third, second year that Yamaha made a 250, so it would be whenever they started. But anyway, uh, he went out there and he was leading the race, and then he dropped back to eighth place, and then he'd catch up to the leaders and pass them, and leading it. And then he ended up, we ended up eighth overall. The engine bolt in the back broke, where the nut went on, it broke, and it would, the rod would vibrate out, and he, when he pressed the brakes on, there was no back brake. Really? <laughs> He'd stick his finger down between the sprocket, and this is going down the straightaway. Oh. He didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> and push it back in. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we ended up eighth, and so the next year we had 350s. And uh, uh, Yvonne, you know, I taped them all up, but tape all around his leathers and his sleeves and, and everything. We were running Dunlop tires. We weren't sponsored. Oh no, they gave us tires, yes, but we weren't a real sponsor. And uh, we, I filled the tires up, which nobody else did this. Filled them up about eight pounds more than what you did road racing. And they were called a Dunlop triangle tire. They were narrow in the center and you had to lean it right over to get any grip. Well, for qualifying in them years at Daytona, we went around the oval only. And he was the first motorcycle, and we qualified first, of course, to go average over 150 miles an hour. Really? Around the oval at Daytona. And I still have the trophy for it, for the mechanic. And uh, Roxy Rockwood was the announcer in them days. 
and uh, how did he say it? I forget. I can't believe this, but uh, a little 350 by the French Canadian uh, Yvonne Duhamel just set a new track record, huh. and that track record held because the next year we qualified going in the infield and back out onto the oval. Yeah. So it could never be broken. They did break it. They went there just to average motorcycles around there, but it wasn't an AMA race, and it wasn't an AMA sanctioned thing. They just wanted to see, and Yvonne broke it again on his Kawasaki. Really? Well, that's that's probably the only trophy that uh, that Yvonne does not have because uh, uh, you 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 mentioned it, and and we've both been to Yvonne's uh, basement, and uh, he's got every trophy that he's ever earned plus everything. Yeah, yeah, but he's got it. No, they 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 only gave him first place. Yeah. As a, in the lineup. Yeah. There were no trophies for qualifying first, I don't think. Yeah. But they gave the mechanic, which that was me. A trophy, uh, just a plaque. Yeah. That uh, you know, I in fact I think I got four hundred dollars or something in them years, which is great. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. And then Yvonne, Yvonne was probably the fastest uh, racer that I've ever had, but he'd also crash a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> you probably saw all the leathers at his house. Yeah. Yeah. Good ones and bad ones. But putting Stevie and Yvonne on a new track, I'd have to say Stevie picked up the tracks more than Yvonne did. Yvonne didn't really care. He just went out there and rode wide open all the time. And and it proved that he was fast, you know, but he did crash a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So... Now, d- d- um, now, Yvonne's got a lot of his bikes, his, his Kawasaki race bikes, but uh, do you have any race bikes at all? Any old vintage bikes? I don't. I, I have parts off of uh, Stevie's 250, and I, I still have a, a, a water-cooled TZ 350, but it, it needs a lot of work to it. I had it given to me because I have one of my old drag bikes that, I, that Doug Schwarma from Champion Race Frames made in the early 60s and uh, it it used to have a a TR3 350 air-cooled road racing engine but I didn't I didn't get the engine because we had lots of engines in Canada Doug just gave me the frame in San Francisco and I never did get it together and I ended up giving it to a guy that was interested in doing it and I just traced it down I got it back so I'm looking for an air-cooled engine yeah TR350 oh well maybe back to stock maybe one of our listeners has uh, got a handle on that but, but uh, wouldn't you like to have had some of your uh, your old race bikes the old uh, TZs and uh, you know ra- ra- road racers actually the one that he bought I a friend of mine has in Chilliwack BC oh really yeah yeah oh He's, he's a collector, or is just a... Yeah, he's kind of, he's got, his dad, his dad used to race sidecars, and then he got into racing, too, out here, but uh, he was not much of a racer, but he did collect bikes, and he's got probably five old road racers, Yamahas, uh, but the one is Yvonne's, he asked me to come down there one day, which I, I go to Chilliwack, because my mother-in-law lives there, and, uh, I went there and I looked at it one day and I said, yeah, that's, that's my 
Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, snowmobiles again. Um, so the in the I guess in the in the biggest era of of, of racing, I guess it would, would have been seventy four ish kind of thing on. Um, what 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 uh, real innovations that, that that you liked that all the all the manufacturers were doing? I mean, I mean back then, you know, Gilles Villeneuve was coming out with a twin tracker. Uh, we had, uh, you know, uh, there was probably there was dozens of, of manufacturers still racing at that time. Um, what, what would what, what what did you like working on the most? Uh, the engines, uh, the chassis. Uh, what was your specialty? Well, basically. Uh motors and uh, uh, the clutching is it was a big thing in snowmobiling and also when they allowed cleats yep. uh, traction products th- that was another big thing suspension wise everybody it seemed to, to grow like motorcycles like motocross bikes in the first when they first started going you know I'm going back years ago when there were four strokes you didn't care about suspension because the tracks weren't like they are now. If you don't yeah. have 12 inches in the front and 12 inches in the rear, you're going to be crashing on these super on these supercrosses and and motocross tracks. And in those days, oval racing, because we didn't have that many cross-country races even in, in snowmobiles. It was mostly uh, oval racing. Yeah. And it was all, all into what kind of Kalamazoo products come out and all that. In fact, I did a commercial with Kalamazoo. Uh, I was sitting, I had a Kalamazoo jacket on, and I was sitting at a table eating a bowl of traction products. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I also, I also was involved in uh, Andre the Giant. He did a commercial for us. And we went up northern part of Ontario, uh, there's a lake right by the town where the Queen stayed. I forget the name of the town. Uh, uh, Queen stayed out. Oh, the Thunder Bay, uh, um, Sudbury, oh, Sudbury, Marie. Oh, the, the, um, oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember the Queen going up there though. Capiscasin. Capiscasin. Huh? Capiscasin. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think the Queen went up there and stayed at that hotel. That's what we were told. Oh, yeah. There. Anyway, we had the Americans come up to do a TV commercial, and they flew this ET-250 to Vancouver, and I drove it back to Ontario, and I set it all up, and we put it on. Oh, no, yeah, we put it in the back in the van, and I went up to Capsicacy, and that's where Andre the Giant flew into, and the American advertising company, they flew up there too, with two of the guys from, from Yamaha, from Yamaha, U.S., and we're sitting around there, and, and uh, Andre says to me, he says, he says, Mr. Work, he says, is there any chance we could, uh, I could jump out with it and parachute down? And I doubted, but I asked them. <laughs> Yeah. And so anyway, we're sitting 
coming, they dropped it, and I'll be damned if the chute didn't open. <laughs> there was ET 250 parts everywhere. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah, so good, good call. <laughs> he says, he says, thank you. He says, you a drink. And then I got a picture of him to this day. He's got me in a headlock. You yeah. Know? side <laughs> you don't want to show that one <laughs> you know they're very protective about their uh, their image uh, and stuff so um, Larry Omens I, I did a lot of testing in uh, in Alaska I went up every year to Alaska in fact I brought Roy Wall up because they they had uh, uh, who did they have the YMUS guy the racer, uh, Shabitsky, uh, is Shabitsky Trickle? Shabitsky. Okay, yeah. yeah. Shabitsky. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And anyway, and Roy come up there and they tested the machines, the road racing, I mean, the, the snow pro ones. And, but I used to go to Paxson every year. Uh, we'd go up there for just about two months and come back on uh, November, end of November. And uh, one year they were putting the gas line through from Anchorage down to to uh, to uh, no, not from it. Yeah, Anchorage to Fair, no, from Fairbanks down to Anchorage. Uh -huh. And so we couldn't stay at the Paxton Lodge, so they flew me up to Kutzebue, northern Sparta in, in Alaska, and I went out there and and found out a good area that we could test snowmobiles and we stayed at, I stayed at the hotel and another experience I have to tell you about <laughs> uh, while staying at this hotel they all knew I was a new guy there so they come up and they asked me what I was there for and I said well I'm just going to go up with a Yamaha dealer here and uh, he's got his own airplanes he says have you been over to his, his shop and I said no I just arrived here a couple hours ago he says, well, he says, I don't want to make you feel bad or anything, but he's got about seven crashed air airplanes out in the back. <laughs> I can't make much of it. I, you know, it's got to be safe. So anyway, I was sitting in the bar there, and he comes in, he's telling me this story about the front ski, the strap broke. So he radioed to his son to get on a Yamaha and out on the Bering Sea, go as fast as he could go, and he'd lower the airplane down so he could grab something. His son got him a, a broomstick, a big long one, though. Yeah. And he stuck that out and held the ski perfectly flat so he could land this airplane. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, Larry Omens, well, what's, uh, what's the story on him? Uh, do, do you ever, um, I mean, um, Larry, Larry Omens. Um, 
Larry, 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 your 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 driver, Larry Omens. Yeah. Yeah, he's still alive. I he's not in New York anymore. He's somewhere else. Uh, Roy, he actually talked to Roy Wall here about a year ago. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's Roy doing now? He might be. He might be in Palm Springs or that area in California somewhere. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. What, what about Roy? What's uh, what's he doing now? Roy Roy is in in uh, Kamloops. He started up a business called uh, uh, a little Volkswagen off-road stuff. Okay, yeah. And uh, he took up a welding course, and now he's one of the top welders for the Polaris snowmobile engines that blow up. They usually send the, the outside rod through the crankcases, so he welds up the crankcases. <laughs> and he's into hot rods and all that kind of stuff. He's building cars for other people and for himself. Really? He's doing well. Yeah. One of my, uh, one of my uh, uh, subscribers to my page uh, was, uh, was uh, asked me to ask you about uh, Roy, so uh, there's, uh, there's, there, there's, your, there's your answer. Um, yeah. well, um, so w- during the 70s, we'll get back to the kind of mid-70s here, when, when, when you see uh, innovations like uh, the Alouette Twin Tracker and, uh, and uh, all, all these other brands coming out with... Uh, Different innovations, but did, did something like that ever scare you? And uh, was there ever any, any talk of uh, maybe Yamaha building something like this? Like, did, did they, were they ner- were they nervous of it? No, no, they yes, they were nervous of it. The riders were. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have that thing coming behind you. I mean, it was a big machine, and you're just on a little snow pro thing. And and Jill's Jill's was good. Jacques, I didn't care for him the way he rode them. But anyway, that's that's the way it goes. But every rider that I ever talked to, uh, if they were in front of that thing, they were worried about it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. And that I would. Mean, it was a hell of hell of a, a great big you know step for snowmobiling. Yeah. You know, I I got to give them credit for that. Yeah, but, and it it made the drivers. I mean, the, the the drivers were nervous even at the start. So that was uh, you know. Yeah, the advantage, the, the advantage there. The little snow pros, like, you know, Skidoo ended up making one, a small one, where you sit in, you know. I, I think that would be good if you had other companies doing the same thing. Yeah. And they all race together, you know. Mm-hmm. But to have, have something that big that Joe's was running around in, and, you know, if something happened to your sled, which it did a lot of times, and you have that behind you. Nothing you can do about it. When it was in front of you, it was even a challenge to get around it because, you, you know, you, you like to pass on the inside, but uh, if he pulled over, it's... But anyway, it, it was a big step in, in, in racing, I thought. A yeah. good step. Yeah. You know? so. what, what, what was the biggest innovation uh, that, that you've seen in, in, in your time? Like, what was the... the in, uh, in snowmobiles? yeah. Well, there were snowmobiles. Okay, snowmobiles was probably, like out here, our tracks were ice. Yeah. You know, and back east it was snow and pounded down snow, but they didn't really make any, except for a couple of tracks we went to in Quebec, there were more ice. But in Ontario and Manitoba, like uh, Beaujolais, it was mostly all hard pack, just like ice, but it would chew up. Yeah. 
by the time you went through all the classes and practicing and stuff like that, it, the tracks got chewed up. And I was at Peterborough when when Yvonne won one of the big races uh, with Skidoo, of course. And he went up on the banking, and everybody thought, oh, he's out of control. And he only did that twice. Yeah. The number, number one and number two corner and number three and four. And he never did it until the race. And he got off the line about third, and he got up there, and he, everybody just saw the back end of him. Oh yeah. Nobody, nobody else went up there. Yeah. Know, because you couldn't take a machine that you didn't set up to go up there, and so he just won that hands down. Uh-huh. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Yvonne mentioned that in the interview that I uh, that I uh, that I did with him. Yeah. He, yeah. he kind of mentioned he, that. As a snowmobile rider, and he crashed a couple of times, but not as much as he did in motorcycles. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're at. Uh, they called it a mini road race, and I, I can't recall the town or anything, but it was just like a half mile oval and a quarter mile inside Heidelberg. It was at Heidelberg, Pennsylvania. And the Triumphs and the BSAs and, the, and them, they all had high handlebars available for them. Yeah. We didn't have high handlebars. We just had clip-ons. And then I went into town and found a rear sprocket that I could have machined out and slip over the, the biggest sprocket we had, which was for big road race courses. And Yvonne went out there, and he, he damn near was, was dirt tracking them, going around the corner. He had his <laughs> foot down and everything. We took the fairing off, of course, and uh, he crashed real heavy. So uh, we didn't do too much there. Yeah. You never did wrench with you. You, you. you were solely with Yamaha, though. You never uh, went to another manufacturer. No, I stayed with Yamaha from day one to when I didn't want to go to Ontario. Yeah. I, I don't like to keep bringing that up, Ontario. It's <laughs> beautiful spots. You know. Well, that's all. I, right. I just didn't feel like going back there. Yeah, that's all right. That's, that's you're in a beautiful yeah. part of the country. That's okay. We're, we'll forgive you for that. Yeah. Um, um, did Did Kenny Roberts ever try snowmobiling at all? Do you know. Uh, no, he never. He never did I it. I think he went out to, like, to northern part of Ohio, I mean, Idaho and stuff of that, snowmobiling, but not racing. Yeah. Yeah. So what, 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 uh, you, you put in how many years, uh, with, with Yamaha? Did you, 30 years or? From, from 61 to 83. I okay. Yeah. So no, I'm 62. Yeah, and you and you just uh, retired, and is it, that was enough, uh, or yeah, was any? No, I, I went to California, and I had uh, Dave Busby race for me there, road racing, and we went to Europe for a couple of races, and we went to Daytona and all the AMA races, and uh, for a year, with his mother sponsored us, and I got a good deal on Yamahas from the American Yamaha, of course. Yeah. What about motocross? Did you ever? Did you ever? Did you ever dabble in motocross races? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we called it scrambles in my days. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I had motocross teams. I had two professional riders out of Ontario and two in uh, in BC. Yeah. And I set up big box vans with them. We had Yamaha racing motocross written on the side. Kerry uh, Nissen was one of the riders in Ontario. And uh, who was the other guy? 
Oh, yeah? Yeah. 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 Oh, nice. And plus, plus, across Canada, we had dealerships with sponsor like Zolly Berini in Alberta, and uh, we had trials riders. One year, I had four trials riders, six motocross riders, and four road racers that we sponsored. Yeah. Out of Yamaha. So where were you doing all your work? Were you doing it out, out, out of your house, or did you, did you have a Western office? Oh, oh, oh now? No, back then, where when you did it, like oh, for... No, no, we had a shop in Richmond, a great big... The, the distributorship of Yamaha was in Richmond. Uh-huh. And I had a racing department area there. We had a small dyno, and... And, uh... Then, you know, I helped Ron Pierce, who was number 97 in AMA racing... Yeah. Not, he was a good good rider, 250 and 750 rider. And David Aldana, he rode my V-twin. I, I built up a Yamaha Virago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 980, it was a 1,000cc Virago. And I put different front forks on. I built it for a Superbike. And we actually led some Superbike races with it, but the cam chains kept breaking. Yeah. Yeah, I had a 935 turbo... Porsche turbo uh, cylinders on it, which I machined the fins off the Porsche engine and slipped them inside the cast iron sleeve. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And Chevy 202 intake valve. Uh, oh, no, Chrysler intake valve, Chevy 202 exhaust valve. And uh, oh, it, it was a real trick engine. Yeah. David Aldana led... Uh, Laguna Seca in the Battle of the Twins to the last three laps and the cam chain broke. <laughs> and then I raced it from Ensenada to St. Felipe. Uh, I had Dave Busby ride it one year and again, another cam chain. Yeah. And then I was, I just, you know, I was doing this on my own. I started at Yamaha with it and then when I left Yamaha, I just kept the bike and uh, developed it some more and ended up selling it when I was in California. I wish I had it now because a good friend of mine out of Winnipeg, he's racing on the dirt at 980. Really? Yeah. Um, Paul, Paul, Paul Germain, his name is, yeah. Yeah. Do you follow racing anymore? Like, uh, what, what, do you, what do you like to watch now? Well, yeah. I, I, uh, I, if there's any road racing on, I'll watch that or some of the supercrosses or, or even the outdoor races across really and you know like I said earlier I'm involved with these three kids up here yeah and that keeps me busy you know getting the machines ready through the through a week to week and then going racing on Saturday or Sundays and and I'm gonna promote two ice or four ice races here in Hunter Mile and then it will also have a cross country next year oh yeah okay what yeah, 100-mile cross-country races for the professional guys and 100 kilometers for the novices and for women. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah. nice, yeah. That's a... different courses. I mean, we got lots of, lots of property up here, open range and stuff like that. that yeah. can lay out two tracks. That'd be great. They're, they're, they're quite popular now, the cross-country races. Of course, we've got the I-5, the I-500 and, uh, yeah. and the whole uh, U.S. Uh, circuit. We just went to Silver Star out of Vernon. Yeah. This weekend to a race. I yeah. took the kids up there. 
Well, if you're if you if, if you need anybody to to, to hook up with, uh, Carl Cooster is is out uh, west there. You know, a, a former Skidoo uh, um, uh, racer, um, and uh, he's out at uh, he's got his own lodge up uh, up. Uh, I guess he's in uh, Kamloops. I think he is. Um, well, he'd be up at Silver. He'd be up at Sun Peaks. Yeah, but uh, it, it's uh, uh, I'll, I'll go back to you exactly where he is. Uh, but uh, yeah. Carl Cooster, he'd, he'd he'd definitely give you some good pointers uh, for a cross country oh, yeah. race. He was like I say, he was a factory skidoo racer and uh, and uh, raced yeah. for, raced for Blair Morgan and uh, kind of thing. So uh, he runs uh, he runs um, a mountain mountain riding uh, uh, camp up uh, up at his place now. That's what he does. He runs. Uh, uh, with, with skidoo snowmobiles, but he uh, he rides uh, mountain sleds up there. So, um, oh, yeah. oh, the mountain sleds, yeah, that's yeah. an up and coming thing. Yeah, yeah. So he's 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 pretty busy yeah. up doing that. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, one one of our riders, well, not mine or anything, but a rider from BC here, he won the Red Bull thing in in Idaho there. Oh yeah, this year. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. On one of those. Yeah. yeah. Nice. He actually even fell off and got back up and, and won it. Yeah. Great, that's uh, that's awesome. Um, so you 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 got a shop yourself at your house uh, that you? Yeah, I get a small little thing, and I I still race the GPX. Uh, <laughs> really? Uh, drag racing only. Yeah. Yeah, snow drags. Is it run 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 really good? Like you got a thing the thing yeah, tuned pretty good. Yeah, usually my wife doesn't like me racing it because I beat all these kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, I enter three forty. How old are you approaching now, Bob? Uh, I'm 78. Yeah, good. And you're still doing all this yeah. stuff. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, any any thoughts of maybe coming out east? Uh, we we got a pretty good uh, vintage uh, circuit out here, uh, um, out out in Ontario uh, that we run vintage snowmobiles. Uh, it, it's yeah. kind it's kind of getting a little bit. Same of, as, same as uh, uh, what's the name in Manitoba? They have a good showing there. Too. Yeah, yeah. So. And sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah. And it's out of it's mostly out of Ontario. It's it, it's out of Ontario. It's right it's right in Ontario. Oh, yeah. yeah, just like more mostly kind of southern central Ontario kind of thing. So yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it's a pretty good circuit. I mean, it's 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 an attraction, is what it is. You know, seeing some yeah. of these older sleds, but uh, um, some yeah, of these. Well, that's, that's what we'd like to do here. But uh, when we have the drag races, there's not too many in the vintage class. They're all you know newer sleds. But uh, we'd like to see some of that happen out in BC because there used to be a lot of good sleds out of here. Yeah, yeah. So and you know, even from Idaho, they'd come up from Idaho. And yeah. Hit the uh, the uh, Alberta circuit, and then come out here and do the BC circuit, yeah. snowmobile racing, and oval racing. So there's a lot of a lot of the equipment still around. Yeah. All sitting, uh, all sitting in the garage. Nice garages, though. That's the uh, and living rooms. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> you know, those some of those sleds are pretty priceless now. Uh, you know, some of these uh, factory sleds. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Bob. Anyway. Yeah. Talking. Yeah. It was. It was. It was really great uh, touching touching base with you again, Bob. I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing really well and still do still uh, still doing your work because. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, anybody that knew you back then, uh, you were, I mean, the, the, there was all these factory race, uh, uh, you know, drivers. And then there was the, uh, the big celebrity wrenches like yourself. And, uh, you know, yeah. you, you were just as popular as some of the, uh, some of the racers back then. Uh, everybody, oh, yeah. everybody knew you. <laughs> so, yeah. so, right. hey, Bob, great talking to you again. And, uh, you take care. Yeah.